0: It's your boy, Matty G, the low-key OG, the Omega-3 poppy. I'm out here with Colby Patnode on a Wednesday night. Can you guys believe it? We actually are doing the podcast on time this week. How's it going, Colby?
1: It's going okay, you know. Um, for a guy like me who's a big baseball fan, there were eight baseball games on today, eight playoff games. Uh, so... Can't really complain too much. Uh, well, that's not true. I can complain about anything. You guys should know that by now. So I'm just I'm choosing not to today. So I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay.
0: Good. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, by you know, just because I'm curious, were there uh, any Mariners games on
1: today? Uh, for the 19th year in a row, the Mariners season ended with the regular season. So <laughs> yeah. maybe next year maybe next year yeah
0: all right well let's get into um you know this this last week here in the fantasy league uh let's lay out the show guts what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about so guys we don't have a whole lot this week to discuss um not as much uh, in terms of you know trades one much more interesting deal a couple of you know not a lot to say about the other two, really. And then we got, you know, some really shallow conversation probably on waivers before we get into um, some pigskin pick'em stuff at the end of the podcast for those of you that may be interested in hearing us discuss that. So, without any further ado, let's get right into it. So the the most far and away the most engaging uh, trade that we haven't discussed. Um, happened on the 25th. It was between Tyler and Brian, and Tyler moved. Um, he add, excuse me. So Tyler adds Ingram, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tariq Cohen in exchange for Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis, and Debo Samuel. What are your thoughts on that, Colby?
1: Um. Yeah. You know. Uh, anytime. You know, two elite players like this get traded for each other. It's always an interesting trade. Uh, haven't talked to either guy about why they made the trade, so kind of trying to uh, you know to piece this one together. I for Bryant, I get it. He is, uh, I believe, he's still undefeated, and he was four zero when he made the trade, uh, so he had a little bit of wiggle room here. McCaffrey, they hope is back in three weeks. Uh, he gets Mike Davis in the trade, and you and I, I think we've said that Mike Davis is a pretty good player um, you know by himself so if he's the starting guy that's more than you know that's fine like for the next three weeks would it surprise you if Mike Davis was just better than Mark Ingram no no. not from
0: from a fantasy perspective just with the with the role that he has in the receiving game it's hard to imagine that that's going to go away so
1: right so I mean I, I guess for me it's it's McCaffrey really it's McCaffrey and uh, an injured Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis for DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's fine. Um, like I, I think the valuation is fine considering that McCaffrey is going to miss at least three games. Uh, you know, I, I probably would have just held on to McCaffrey myself. Uh, yeah, I like I said, I get why Tyler was doing it, but he was. I think two and two going into the week. So it's not like he was in a scenario where he had to win like, you know, TJ and Scott find themselves in. But uh, it's, I don't, it just, it doesn't seem like the best trade for Tyler. It's not that he, he didn't get, it's tough to explain, you know. I think Tyler got pretty good value here. I just think that, he would have been better off just waiting. Um, okay. You know, like I said, for Brian now he's six and zero. Oh, he's one week closer in theory to he's getting McCaffrey. At, Brian's five and one. Sorry, five and one. Yeah. Uh, either way, he's still one, number one though. Still number right. one. He's one week closer to getting McCaffrey back. He's got McCaffrey's handcuff now. Uh, this is a guy who has some uh, pretty serious running back ammo right now. So I just I think this makes more sense for Brian. I understand why Tyler would do it. I just think Tyler would have been better served to hold. Um, And, you know, you look at Brian and he trades Hopkins, but he still has Ridley and Mike Evans, uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb. So, I mean, he still has some depth there uh, at wide receiver. So it makes a lot of sense for Brian. I get it. Um, And by the way, he also adds Debo Samuel in this trade. I like it better for Brian. I understand why Tyler made the move. I just think Brian got the better end of it is all.
0: Sure. I mean, I think it's a deal that makes, I understand why it happened for both, for both owners here. I understand why they felt compelled to push the button. Mm -hmm. Now I actually come from more of the opposite um, perspective, I guess, because I actually do like this deal for Tyler. I think I would maybe give him the edge. I think that, Mm -hmm. I think that um, Brian, I understand why he took the took the risk here on McCaffrey, and it feels a lot less or a lot more palatable when you also get Mike Davis. But in the end, Mike Davis is not Christian McCaffrey. He's gonna be he's gonna be just fine for fantasy, no doubt. But you know, obviously, Brian takes the plunge here. And McCaffrey's the real prize, and he's hoping that McCaffrey's back sooner rather than later, and that that can really elevate his team, which is already quite good. Now, you're absolutely correct. He can afford to make this, this gamble, to take this gamble here, because you know he's got, it's one of the few teams in the league here that can, take, can afford to take this gamble in one way or another. It's not going to entirely derail his season or tank his team um but for tyler tyler's sitting here at four and two now with all the injuries that he's dealt with he adds deandre hopkins who's been sensational for the arizona cardinals nobody should be surprised there was actually uh you know a little bit of talk in the preseason there was a lot of sort of apprehension about well how's he going to perform dude it's deandre hopkins (laughs) he's the best receiver in football. I think we have a pretty good idea how he's going to perform in cliff Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I don't think that was a great mystery. Now, now with that being said, Tyler also adds Mark Ingram. Do I think that Mark Ingram is going to repeat his production from last year? Well, of course not, but that doesn't mean that he can't be, you know, good. Um, I do I'll I will admit that the presence of Dobbins would have me a little bit nervous but it seems like Baltimore is still pretty content to you know to give Ingram his work so and, and of course here we are looking at this deal and now we have the benefit of hindsight and Cohen is out for the year so that doesn't that you know we didn't know that at the time and and you know, getting an, getting another running back tossed into this deal for Tyler, um, I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like this more for Tyler just because you know Brian Kersley here is playing sort of the injury optimist uh, role, yes. and that's that's I, not. My I know way. your
1: yeah, I know your stance on damaged goods. Um, so I I get that, but I kind of look at at Tyler's team, what's left of it. Um, which isn't to say it's a bad team. It's not. But I kind of look at it now and I go, okay, Russell Wilson, fantastic. He gives you a chance to win every single week. DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, George Kittle. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Running backs, Mark Ingram, Cordero Patterson, Rashad Penny, Gus Edwards, Alexander Madison, and that's it. Ugh. That's the worst running back room in the league by far. It's not close. Now, again, Tyler's going to counter with, look at my tight ends, look at my top two wide receivers, and I have Russell Wilson. And he's right. That is probably good enough to keep him in the playoff race all year, just those guys alone. But we've seen this year so far, more than any other year, the importance of depth. The injuries have been insane and maybe Tyler's lucky and he, you know, kind of maintains where he's at, but maybe he's not. And Mark Ingram goes down and all of a sudden it doesn't really matter that what you're getting because your two running back spots are three points, which means Russell has to be 35 points every week to really help you. So I, I think from a value standpoint, this deal is fine. It makes sense. I think it leaves Tyler even more vulnerable than he already was. And, you know, Tyler, I'm sure he's listening to this saying, well, I lost George Kittle and I lost Michael Thomas and I didn't lose any games as a result. Um, that's, that's fair, but also kind of lucky. So um, from a value standpoint, I think it's fine. I, I do. I, I don't have an issue with the trade. From a team-building standpoint, I think Tyler's team gets worse. But again, that's me assuming that Christian McCaffrey is going to come back and be just fine. And he might not. We don't know. So um, I get why both sides made the deal. It's not a bad deal for either side. I just happen to like Brian's more because I, from a team-building standpoint, I can see where he's going, and he can weather that risk. Tyler, I don't know if he can or not.
0: Well, you so, know, it's like it's like we say in a lot of these deals sometimes you see deals like this and you just have to acknowledge that it's really going to be impossible to know one way or another um, you know, how how, how should we have looked at this deal? We're not going to really know until the results are in. So time will tell. And you're right. It's, it's largely contingent on um, when does McCaffrey come back? Or maybe you phrase it like this. Does McCaffrey come back? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest that he won't come back, but, I mean, time will tell. So, in any case, um, that was the one really interesting deal we had this last week. These other two, I don't have a whole lot to say about either one of these. I guess we could just hit them real quick. Uh, we, ought, we, we both know that Cam traded Fab. How many Fab? 30? 25? I think it was 35.
1: I don't have it in front of me. My phone's not in front of me, but it was a significant chunk, I guess I would say.
0: Yeah, for for Tariq Cohen, who then shortly thereafter uh, went on season-ending IR. You know, and they ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. Was it an ACL? Yep. ACL tear, done for the year. So, um, I mean... Not much for me to say about the deal, really. Um,
1: Poor Cam, man. If he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm I not... will.
0: I will compliment Cam on his on his uh, league chat posts concerning the Tariq Cohen funeral. That was that was quite good.
1: It is, and you know, Cam's in fourth place, so uh, you got to give him credit, man. He's fighting through it.
0: For sure. And then the final deal here, Tyler um, pops out on the, the league chat again, puts OJ Howard on the auction block, and it doesn't take very long for for TJ. I think TJ threw maybe 10 fab at him Yep, um, for OJ Howard. Correct. Not a bad gamble. I mean, I get nope. it. 10 fab. Yep. I mean, if OJ Howard was on waivers, you don't think he would go for more than 10 fab. He very well might.
1: Yeah, he might. I mean, TJ's definitely got the fab to to use since he, you know, didn't use a respectable amount on Justin Herbert last week. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's what he was saving his money for was OJ Howard. Oh, God. good job, guys. Good Here job.
0: We go. no, Here no, we no, go. No,
1: no, 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 that, no, no. No.
0: Listen, it is fair. I mean, it is a, it's an absolutely fair criticism. Um, TJ, if you're listening to this. Uh, feel free to respond on the league chat. We want to hear. Amen. We want to hear what you know. What the plans are for the uh, what the plans are for the Fab. Additionally, um, we want to we want a response to Colby's criticism that you weren't willing to spend up big on Justin Herbert when you had Danny Dimes uh, as one of your quarterbacks. But you were willing to open the pocketbook a little bit for one OJ Howard.
1: I mean, anytime you you have time that you replace anytime that you can replace Danny Dimes, you just can't do it. I mean, have you seen that guy? Have you seen how good Danny Dimes is? What is what is TJ gonna do? Just bench him like he is this week for Brett Rippin? Yeah, oh. you heard that right. So I mean, yeah, TJ. Let us know why uh, why you made such a boneheaded mistake, um, and uh, go ahead put me in my place. Tell me how great Danny Dimes is compared to Justin Herbert, because okay. I would love to hear it.
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me talk about Justin Herbert, so we're gonna we're gonna move on. <laughs> um, so waivers. I don't. I'm trying to think of the most appropriate adjective to describe how I felt about these waivers it was just bizarre it I woke up this morning and I looked at the waiver report and I was just kind of confused I guess so um, as we both as everybody knows at this point we had uh, nine new waiver claims that were processed on waiver wire Wednesday, and the top waiver claim was Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley went to Tyler for eighty-one fab, which is hardly fathomable. Um, you can, cons- you know, you look at the the waiver report here, the other bids, and you see that Scott and Brian both bid eight, and um, so that was kind of. That was the second highest bid. Um, And, you know, Tyler wanted to make sure that he got his guy. And by God, did he ever? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. He had the fab to throw. And I guess the only thing I could possibly dream up in his, you know, in his defense here is just that you know he had the fab to blow and he wanted to make sure that he got him so he did you get you no one's going to compete with 81 fab now in fairness he could have bid substantially lower and i say that without the benefit of knowing what the other bids were and you had to know you would have got him for a lot less but nonetheless here's the deal cole beasley signs last year with the buffalo bills I'll own it. You know, I'm on the record last year saying that I thought it was, um, I could not dream up a less, um, a less ideal landing spot for Cole Beasley. Um, but you know what? He finished last year 35th in standard scoring, 33rd in PPR. Now I get it. That doesn't sound amazing. But he's an every week flex guy. And is it, is it, does he have the most upside in the world? Well, maybe not, but um, Cole Beasley, I mean, just look at what he's done this year. 7.8, 9.5, 13, through three weeks. Um, with, that's with no touchdown scored, by the way. Last year he scored six times. So, you know, but more or less he's just kind of uh, high floor, low ceiling, Um, uninspiring flex guy, but he's just fine. And he's better than, than you think he is just by reading his name.
1: Yeah. He's Brandon cooks only better. Um, Oh my God. Uh, I knew that would happen. I'm joking, (laughs) Matt. I'm joking, but no Beasley's a, you know, he's a low end number three, a high end number four. And in a league where we have two flex spots and two wide receiver spots. And I mean, technically you can start a wide receiver in the super flex. So, yeah, he should be owned, um, and like you said, Tyler had the money to blow, uh, and boy did he ever. Although this one was not as bad as his next his next waiver claim.
0: I'll let you. I'll let you take that one then. You know, Cordell Patterson, For Tyler forty one. Yep, and he, and his second highest bid was zero by Cam. So let's hear. I agree with you that Cole Beasley needed to be rostered. Cordero Patterson. I'm not as bullish as Sleeper is on Cordell. They continuously seem to give him these generous projections. Right. Um, and you look at his usage in the, in the Chicago offense, it doesn't really seem to justify these projections. So what are your yeah. thoughts on Cordell for $41? Um,
1: well, I can tell you what Tyler's thinking, and I feel pretty strongly about this. Tyler sees Tariq Cohen go down and he says, "Hmm, who's going to replace Tariq Cohen as a third down back? Well, maybe it's Cordero Patterson. The same reason he would pick up Curtis Samuel or trade for Curtis Samuels last week. Um, But I look at Cordero Patterson and I see a guy snap count percentage in the first three weeks this year, 15%, 21%, 14%. He has three targets all year for 20 receiving yards. He's 29. I like, Here's the deal. Tyler had to take a shot on somebody. He needed a running back for this week in particular. And we know how bare the running back room is right now, especially in free agency. So from that perspective, I get taking a shot, but Cordero Patterson, really? I, I just, I I don't know, man. I look at it and I got Matt Brieta for six. And Breda might not be anything this year. That's totally within the realm of possibility. I would much rather have Matt Breda for six than Cordero Patterson for forty-one. Uh, and it's not close. So I, I, I just I don't know what the point of that was. I'd rather have Wayne Gallman for zero than Cordero Patterson for forty-one. So, like I said, I, I know I know Tyler's thinking. Oh, there's a Tree Cohen replacement. But I I don't know where in his head he thought anybody was gonna come close to spending forty one dollars on you know three catches in three weeks.
0: Well here's the other thing. The other thing is see I didn't actually think about that, but that's probably because I mean I it's it's creative thinking, but I think it's too creative. The truth of the matter is Chicago doesn't have a Tariq Cohen replacement. Trick Cohen is a little guy, a little electric guy, a little Darren Sprouls type. Cordero Patterson is 6'2", 238. That's not a uh, Tariq Cohen. That's not even close. He, he's not electric in space in the same way that Tariq Cohen is. So will they use Cordero Patterson a little bit as, uh, you know, passing down, receiving back? I mean, I suppose it's possible. But is, is he going to have, you know, is he just going to inherit Tariq Cohen's role in the Chicago offense, that's a long shot in my opinion.
1: It's a a stab in the dark. Um, And again, Tyler had some money to blow here. I just, obviously when you look at like the second highest bid and he, you know, Tyler spends $73 more than the next highest guy was willing to spend on Beasley. He spends $41 more on Patterson. I mean, Tyler doesn't know what the other bids are when he makes them. So, I mean, you can't necessarily say one way or another, but that's over $100 in fab. He overspent on guys. And, I mean, at least Beasley's going to be productive for him. Patterson, probably not. And now all of a sudden he sits here with 33 fab dollars left. I I mean, what? I, I just I don't understand uh because you know i i feel like tyler probably should have learned a little something from garza earlier in the year he was in that trade uh so i just i don't don't really understand what the point of this was tyler doesn't care that i don't understand it um but just breaking it down as i see it 122 dollars you know for a number 3 number 4 wide receiver and a lottery ticket who's been worthless for like three years, four years, five years, eight years. How long has Cordero Patterson been in the league? Eight years. Has he ever been fantasy relevant?
0: He's been in the league for seven years and no.
1: Okay. So whatever. I mean, like I said, it's, it's Tyler's money. He can spend it how He wants, um, he's having a good year right now. So maybe he just wants to let it ride and he's willing to take that gamble. Good for him, I guess.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Enough said. I mean, I I know that Tyler anticipates, you know, criticism, and I don't have any, you know, I don't fault him at all for the Beasley pickup. Cordero is fine as a lottery ticket, but last time I checked, lottery tickets don't cost $41, at least not lottery tickets that most people are buying. So, um, ugh, I don't know. I agree. Uh, you know, spend your money how you want, but... It would be hard to argue that this wasn't a bit bit much. Um, so, in any case, moving on. Scott adds Hunter Renfro for $16. Second highest bid is Brian at $9. Um, and I like that ad. I think it's a good ad. It's $16, especially when, I mean... When you look at this week's waiver report, you just naturally kind of look at Cole Beasley for 81 and Hunter Renfro for 16. Give me Hunter Renfro for 16.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Renfro was kind of a sneaky sleeper uh, for a lot of people entering the year. Uh, gets off to a, a pretty bad start, but now Henry Ruggs is out, uh, sounds like for a while. And, you know, New England goes out there to try to take away the best weapon that um, Oakland has in that game. And it's Waller and they do a really good job of it. And Renfro is the beneficiary. Renfro was pretty fantasy relevant at the end of last year. And yeah, he he probably should be owned, especially with rugs out right now. So uh, I think it's a pretty savvy pickup. Um, And yeah, like what you said, I'd probably rather have Renfro for 16 than Beasley for 81 or whatever.
0: Uh, Agreed. Um, moving on, we have TJ finally opening up the wallet a little bit here. Um, and Jeff Driscoll went out there, his first game for the Denver Broncos and he put up a dud. So, so they benched his ass and they, they threw, uh, Brett Rippin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It's Rippin. Rippin. Brett Rippin. Sorry, I'm I'm not familiar with irrelevant Boise State quarterbacks. Um, Brett, Are you
1: telling me you don't remember Jared Zabransky? Can't say that I do. <laughs> and he beat Oklahoma, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did did Brett Ripon beat Oklahoma?
1: I I honestly I forgot Brett Ripon played at Boise State for, until <laughs> like it never crossed my mind until I was like, oh wait a minute, that guy was. <laughs> that guy was going that guy was a Broncos quarterback. I uh, just not really a super relevant one is all I
0: never heard his name until uh <laughs> until this last week. So Brett Rippon, signed by TJ. I mean, talk about a value, eleven dollars. It's a nice start this week against the Jets, so hey, why not? I mean, it could be it could be surprisingly good or it could be a roofie. I guess time will tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for TJ for finally paying for an AFC West quarterback who's co- coming in for an injured starter uh, that had some hype surrounding him this offseason. It you know, I guess a week late is better than not doing it at all. I you should have you should have just paid for Herbert, dude. I this is this is disgusting. It really is. Ugh.
0: I mean, so the so, so the question is, would you rather start Brett Rippon the question mark of the week against the sorry ass New York Jets or conversely Danny Dimes is playing the Rams
1: Danny Dimes
0: I mean we'll see I I agree with you a hundred percent there's probably more upside there
1: um I mean like I said but the
0: matchup for Rippon is couldn't be better
1: yeah it's it's solid But, you know, if I went out there and played against the New York Jets, would it matter how good the matchup was? I mean, Brett Rippon's significantly better, but mm, no. I I don't know. You know what, honestly, I I have to give TJ credit. He is really, he's 0-6, and and he's sticking his neck out on the line by starting Brett Rippon in a week where he has to get a win, has to get at least one. Well, I mean, and,
0: you see the way Danny Dimes has been playing. His offense is totally depleted, and I could really see the game against the Rams. I could see the New York Jets' offense just getting devoured.
1: Sure, but Matt, we're talking about Brett Rippin. You didn't even know who he was until, what, 24 hours ago?
0: Maybe. Okay, well, kind of does.
1: It kind of does.
0: I, maybe he's a, he's a diamond in the rough.
1: TJ yeah. TJ
0: clearly thinks that he
1: is. TJ also didn't think that Justin Herbert was worth his time last week, so there we go.
0: Well, maybe TJ uh, will get on the board this week with uh, Brett Ripon
1: Going up against Brian, that would be a heck of an upset, and I would love to see it, to be honest.
0: Well, hey, I never said he was going to beat Brian, but maybe he beats <laughs> the median. Maybe he beats the median.
1: Hey, man, crazy things happen. Baby steps. What? TJ is going to go 2-0 this week and he's going to win the sore the sore pot just just because it's 2020. Things are crazy.
0: <laughs> Brett Rippin is going to be the quarterback of the week.
1: Uh, that is going to be awesome. <laughs> if it happens, I mean, I don't even like
0: There's no way. Not when Russell Wilson's going up against the
1: Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Anyways, we've talked way too much about Brett Rippin. Yeah, uh, I guess quickly,
0: um, uh, you made a couple pickups. I'm going to skip those real quick. We'll come back to them Mm because I just really quickly wanted to talk about um, Brian adds Scott Miller for $4. Uh, Max adds a tight end. He obviously needs one with Goddard getting hurt, so he adds Foster Moreau for 0 And then Cam goes ahead and swoops up Wayne Gallman for zero. Do you have any, any of those stand out to you at all? Do they seem like they're worth talking about?
1: Not really. I mean, Miller's gotten, what is it? Six targets in two of the first three weeks. That's, that's something at least. Um, I like Foster Moreau as a player. Uh, You know, it's kind of tough to, to be behind Darren Waller, to be fantasy relevant, but I do own, Moreau myself in a, uh, in an even deeper dynasty league than the one we play in, uh, than, you know, our league right here, our home league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like those player Gallman. I mean, he's a bad football player, but whatever, he's free, like, literally free. Sure. Camp I didn't mean, even have to drop anybody to get him.
0: I like the Scotty Miller ad for $4 just because yep. Tampa Bay's Receiving core is pretty banged up, so it's worth mm-hmm. a shot for four dollars. Why not?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so that leaves us with your two ads, which were both six dollar ads. So you added Gabriel Davis of the Bills and Matt Breda of the Dolphins. Um, do you have any anything you wanted to say about those pickups?
1: Nope. Lottery wow. tickets, man.
0: There you go. I mean, for six dollars, you can't complain about that.
1: I mean, like all I can say is that. Sounds like John Brown's going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, I was in on Beasley, not for eighty-one dollars, um, and I just, you know, Davis in that that offense, which is is clicking right now. Pretty good chance I don't start him ever, but you never know. So I'll take a shot on him, and then you know, Breda. I think he's a good player. Um, I have concerns whether or not Miles Gaskin can hold up as much as I love that player too. Uh, he's a small guy. And so I I don't know what the workload's going to look like. So I just took a shot in the dark, 12 bucks for a couple of lottery tickets. And I had, you know, some guys that either weren't playing at all or got hurt. So yeah, why not? Sure.
0: All right. Well, at this point we have, if you can believe it cleared the week in 33 minutes, which gives us a little bit of time here. This is obviously going to be a shorter pod. We're going to go ahead and hit, the primetime games, um, pigs can pick them, but the way that we always do it is against the spread. Um, I'm, re- I'm, reluctant, I'm reluctant to do this, uh, a little bit reluctant to do this, solely because I am trying to catch you in our head-to-head pick um, pick 'em pool. And so now you're going to know a couple of my picks. But hey, you know what? Um, Matt,
1: why hey, would I copy you? That's right. I You're kicked your ass last me. year.
0: You're better than me. That's right. And listen, some of these picks, they're a little bit they're not they're not the most popular picks. This week Love I it. had fun with my picks. So, anyways, we'll go ahead and start with honestly tell me if tell me that I'm wrong. Thursday night football, October first. Tomorrow when you know, when these when all of these fellas are listening to us, you know, what we recorded tonight, they're gonna be either getting ready to watch this game or God forbid watching this game. Is this not the worst game that the NFL has scheduled the whole season? I mean, it's can you can you dream up a game? I mean, shit. I thought that I thought that Jacksonville and Miami was bad, but in all seriousness, Minshew Magic versus versus uh, Fitz Fitz Magic. Yeah. I mean, that is magical. But this shit right here. I don't even care if the Broncos had Drew Locke going in at quarterback. This is still, this game is, this is hot garbage. I mean, NFL Network could not possibly be excited about having this game on. I don't Um, even want to watch this game. I'm going to, I'm going to find the Windex and shine up my bathroom mirrors.
1: (laughs) I probably will not watch it either. It's really bad. But, you know, I guess we'll see how desperate America is for football because Brett. Brett Rippin versus Nancy Reagan. Oh. Uh, by the way, Nancy Reagan with no weapons whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's about as bad as it gets. Denver's banged up. The Jets are really banged up. They're both 0-3. Neither of these teams are playoff teams. It just... I mean, it was a bad matchup before all the injuries, but you just pile on everything that's happened, and it's just... I mean, it's its putrid. It, it's, it's like midweek... Uh, midweek conference USA game in college football or, uh, what do they call that? Uh, the Mac it's Maction. It's, it's just, you might watch it because it's the only thing on, but I know I'll be watching big brother.
0: (laughs) Well, watch anything else, literally anything else. Um, you know, but nonetheless, the line is Denver is favored by two and a half visiting the New York jets. So in this game, what's your call? This
1: is this is really tough because both of these teams are so bad. Um, I I honestly I can't I can't pick Brett Ripon to win a game even if it is against the sorry ass Jets. And I'm getting what I'm getting two and a half points mm-hmm. to pick the Jets. I'll take them in one of the worst football games ever played. Um, I went back and forth on this. I could see Denver because at least Denver has some talent still. Um, but I just, I'm going with the Jets. I just, ugh. It, it's it, talking about this game makes me want to take a shower. Like that's how bad it is.
0: It is. It's awful. It is absolutely awful. So actually that's my pick as well. I, I want the Jets here. Um, you know, I think that that really comes down to, Say what you want about the New York Jets and Sam Darnold and and you know Adam Gaze. Uh, I think that Sam Darnold isn't ripping. I mean, at least at least you've got the quarterback that you intended on starting from day one going out there. Right. And it might not be the prettiest win. It's probably going to be an incredibly dull, low-scoring affair. There's going to be uh, incompetence between the lines of plenty. So if that's what you're into, is watching ineptitude on the football field, then don't forget to tune in 5:20 on NFL Network. But as for me, um, literally anything else, I might, I might sweep the, I might sweep the kitchen. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna clean the house a little bit, scrub the, scrub the toilet. You know, take care <laughs> of some house, some house, housekeeping. That's uh, right. It can't possibly be. Be any worse than this, this horrifying football game. They should put that shit on on Halloween night. Um, no, yeah, give me give me Sam Darnold and the Jets. Uh, Frank Gore is going to be the MVP of the game, of course. Sure, um, sure. And uh, I mean, Who I don't know. The, be? I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the final score is going to be. And I'm not picking the Jets because I think they're going to, you know, keep it close. Cover. I mean, it's two and a half points. They're going to win the game. The jets yep. are gonna. The jets are gonna get off the schneid. Sorry, Jake Smith. Broncos. They'll fall to zero four. Um, do you have anything that you want to add, or have we talked? I think we've probably talked we've enough talked about much. that game. Too much. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. All right. So the other the other games we're gonna hit here are the Seahawks game, and then Sunday and Monday night football. So we've got the Seahawks going to Miami. Man, that sounds nice. I'm gonna go to Miami. Um, The Seahawks are favored by six and a half points um, in Miami against the Dolphins. So what are your thoughts here?
1: Give me Miami to cover Seattle to win. Um, The injury report came out today for Seattle and there are 25 players on it. Uh, So almost half the team was on the injury report today. We don't know if... Chris Carson's going to play or not. It looks like it's trending in the right direction, but you know, tomorrow's practice will be a lot more telling. Uh, Seattle's banged up and they're going across the country. They're going to play an early game. Uh, I, I think, you know, Russell's not going to have really any trouble moving the ball, but my, or, but Seattle's defense really hasn't shown an ability to stop anybody. Miami, you know, Fitz magic. He's a, he's a true wild card. You never know because he could throw six interceptions. He could also throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. We don't know. And against this Seahawks secondary, as banged up as it is and as bad as it was even when it wasn't banged up, yeah, I, I think Miami can keep this close. Devontae Parker's a pretty good player. I like Preston Williams, Mike Gisecki. Um I, I think they have enough weapons to keep this thing close. So I think Seattle walks out of Miami with a win. Uh, I, just, I think it'll be less than a touchdown.
0: So man, this is crazy because this is two games that we see the exact same. Uh, you know ESPN shows you what percentage of people are picking which way or the other. So just for the record here, on in the last game, 67 percent of people have Denver with uh, favored by two and a half over the Jets. That's the pick they're taking here with with Seattle um, and This has largely got to be because of Russell Wilson and the MVP pace that he's on right now. 84.3% of fans like Seattle with that 6.5 point spread. Not me, man. That is such a disservice to the Miami Dolphins. You know, I think that when you looked at this game before the season, you probably thought this isn't going to be a very good game. Here we are, you know, the beginning of October is tomorrow we're getting ready to go to Miami. It looks like a it looks like a shootout. It looks like it's yep. going to be a real shootout has potential to be for sure. Could be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But in the end, Russell Wilson or Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think you know where we're going with this. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this Miami or this this Seattle defense, this Seattle secondary, I mean, they're banged up. They're just you know, getting gashed left and right, bleeding yards, bleeding points. But when the smoke clears, Seattle's going to win. It's just not going to be by that six and a half point spread.
1: Yep, agreed.
0: All right, that gives us two final games here to cover. We've got Sunday Night Football. The 0 2 1 Philadelphia Eagles go to San Francisco. Uh, who are two and one, the Niners are two and one, and the Niners are favored in this game by six and a half. So what do you, what have you got here, Colby?
1: Upset special. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles to cover. Uh, Although I guess probably Miami is a bigger upset to cover, but I think Philadelphia covers, I think San Francisco still wins the game, but I don't know why this is a gut feel type of thing. Uh, Carson Wentz has been bad. The Eagles have been banged up. I mean, they tied the the, the freaking Bengals last week. Um, you know, San Francisco may or may not have Jimmy Garoppolo back. It sounds like they're going to have Kittle back, but Nick Mullins is more than capable of uh, backup. Total gut feel here. It's just I, I think we could see some craziness on Sunday Night Football. And I think Philadelphia keeps it within a touchdown, which is all they need uh, to cover here. So I'm going to take Philly to cover. I'll take San Francisco to win.
0: Man, we're gonna make, we're really gonna make it three games the same way. <laughs> so the fans have it sixty six percent like San Francisco with the six and a half points that they're favored by. Um, I've got the Eagles here. I think that what I look at is the San Francisco 49ers, You know they're they're dealing with some injuries of their own. I understand Carson Wentz and you know specifically. His weapons around him, you know, Goddard, Rager, Deshaun Jackson, they're all injured. They're all banged up. But let's not forget that the 49ers are dealing with some injuries of their own on both sides of the ball. And the ones that I'm the most concerned about are on the defensive side. So obviously no Bosa, no Sherman. And so I think that as much as the media has loved to bag on Carson Wentz through the first three weeks here of the season, this feels like a get-right game potentially for for Carson Wentz. It's and a lot of people are going to think that it's so impressive because it was the 49ers. but uh, this is that's a brand name right now, and this brand name is not at a hundred percent. So I think right. Carson Wentz has a real opportunity to you know pick up the first win of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles here in San Francisco. Sure. Um, so actually, yeah, I think that um give me give me the Eagles to to win the game.
1: Interesting. There's an upset special right there. Uh I you know, I think it's worth noting that San Francisco, you talked about how banged up they were. Their two wins this year came against the Jets and the Giants. And not even like the best the Jets had to offer. Like the super banged up Jets and the Giants without Saquon Barkley. It's like it, are either of those wins impressive? No. The only good team they played is Arizona. They lost and they didn't look all that great against Arizona either. So I think San Francisco is a little bit overrated right now. They're getting healthier. Um, They were fortunate in my opinion, to get to play the jets and the giants so early in their schedule. Um, But you know, and that was kind of my concern coming into the year in general for the Seahawks is, Oh, look at the 49ers schedule. Look how nice that's laid out and look at the Seahawks start to their season. Seattle has a tougher schedule early. So Seattle might be chasing San Francisco. Well, as it turns out, San Francisco is chasing everybody in the NFC West right now. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to say, Oh, you know, the 49ers are back because they beat the giants and the jets. Give me a break.
0: (laughs) This is not your 2019 49ers. I'll tell you that much.
1: No. Um, Although those Seahawks matchups are going to be so good this year, like they are every year, but I don't know. It feels like they're since they're letting Russ cook. This this could be a really uh, you know excellent uh, year for that rivalry.
0: I mean, I love that rivalry. It's my favorite one in the league. Hopefully, the Niners can can get healthier before before those games happen. Because I would love I would love to play them when you know Jimmy G could be out there, especially. Hopefully, Kittle doesn't, uh, you know, re-injure himself. Um, But we'll see. Devo's
1: coming back.
0: That, that too. You know, you're absolutely right. And also, Sherman. They're going to need Sherman in those games as well. So, um, all right. Moving on to the final game, which is a Monday night special. And I feel like this one... Uh, looked a lot better on paper before we played three weeks of football, but we've got two teams that are kind of headed in opposite directions here in the early stages of, this, of the season. The Atlanta Falcons are 0-3 um, as they head to Lambeau Field to face off with the Green Bay Packers, who are favored by 7.5 points. Oh, need I mention the 3-0 and Green Bay Packers. <laughs> right. So... Um, What have you got here, Colby?
1: These are two really prolific offenses with two quarterbacks who are playing pretty well thus far. Weapons all over the field for Atlanta. Green Bay has Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams maybe, and Aaron Rodgers. Atlanta's desperate. They need this game to have any shot of staying in the playoffs. Dan Quinn is literally coaching for his life. So he's going to go into Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football and he is going to get absolutely obliterated by the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Give me the Packers, even with the seven and a half. Uh, I think this is a high-scoring game. I wouldn't be shocked if both teams ended up in the – or I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta put up 30 points. I just think Green Bay is going to put up 40. I mean, it's <laughs> – I want to pick Atlanta because I, they were one of my dark horse teams coming into the year. Man, was I wrong. That's a bad, bad football team. And unfortunately, it's going to cost Dan Quinn his job fortunately I think Dan Quinn has a perpetual job in Seattle as long as Pete Carroll's here. So, um, I just, uh, I want to pick Atlanta. I like Matt Ryan and, you know, selfishly I have Matt Ryan on my fantasy team. So yeah, I would like for him to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I just, no, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it with Atlanta anymore. So give me green Bay minus seven and a half.
0: Well, we, uh, we clearly didn't workshop this before, uh, before we made our <laughs> picks because I've got Green Bay too, um, but even with a seven and a half. And, and we're with all the fans, the fan, we got 65 percent of the fans on the pack here with a seven and a half point spread. Um, and I have to take the Packers here simply because the Atlanta Falcons defense can't stop anybody. And right now the you know Rogers is playing well. The Packers' offense is rolling. Clearly, I mean they're three and zero, um, and I think that the the hot seat that Dan Quinn is currently, you know, seated upon, just continues to get hotter. And you gotta wonder if this guy's gonna make it to the end of the year. Um, but I don't think that he is gonna be. I don't. I don't think they're gonna turn their season around this week in, in Lambeau Field. Uh, no, thank you not seeing that. So, give me the pack. With that being said, that's everything that we've got for Pigskin Pick 'em. That's everything we've got for the week. Not the most eventful week in the Hawks Nest. That's going to happen some weeks, that's going to happen. Of course, other weeks you guys give us way too much to talk about. <laughs> but as the, you know, as the standings continue to shift week by week. Um, You know, and, and as we continue to progress through this season and get closer and closer to the deadline, I'm sure that we'll, we'll start to see more action and that'll give us a lot more to discuss on the pod. So with that being said, Colby, do you have any closing remarks as we get ready to head into week, week four?
1: Um, yeah, you know, uh, good luck to everybody this week, except for Garza. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fun, man. It really is fun to have football back. Uh, you know, hopefully they can kind of, or they've caught this Tennessee Titans thing and the contract tracing and all that does its job. Um, I just, you know, it, it's it's I'm grateful to have football back. I'm grateful to talk fantasy um, because we could all use a distraction from real life right now. So uh, I'm really happy that we're back. Hopefully, you know, it stays that way for the rest of the year, but uh, yeah, you know, just wanted to wish you guys luck and uh, you know, except for you and Brian who I'm chasing in the standings right now, both of y'all can lose um, and I need Garza to lose. And, you know, I always root against cam so he can lose um, not the biggest Tyler fan, so I mean, if he could lose, that'd be great too. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I'm fine. Fair enough. That will do it for this week on
0: the pod. So, with that being said, this is Matty G, the Omega Three Poppy with Colby Patnode, reminding you, as always, to get your omega threes and go Hawks.
1: Go Hawks.